My name is Danny Forshee. I'm pastor here at Great Hills, and I'm honored to uh, be able to share a word from God for you today. Thank you so much. Many of you uh, have asked and prayed for me last week as I uh, competed is a strong, too strong a word, as I endured the, uh, uh, the half triathlon there in Waco, Texas. Had a great, uh, great experience. I hope I represented you well with my Great Hills Baptist Church tri-suit, Luke 15:4 on the back. Had opportunities to encourage people along the way, but I really do thank you. There were many times during that race uh, I was thinking about it, it'd take me about seven hours. It took me five hours and 57 minutes, which I was thrilled with that time. So thank you. Um, well, they did not have the swim. I do need to add that little caveat. You know, that would have taken me another five hours. No, just kidding. It would have taken me 45 minutes at least. But anyhow, thank you for praying. And speaking of uh, activity and physical activity, and you'll hear more about this in a few minutes, but uh, we're having our first annual uh, turkey trot on Thanksgiving Day. It'll be here on our campus, and uh, we've been uh, excited about this. We're going to raise money for uh, sex trafficking ministry here in Austin. And so you have to go online and register. You can do the 1K, you can do the 5K, you can walk it all, you can uh, walk the dog, you can do whatever you want to do. You just come and participate with us. It's going to be in a timed event and we'll have prizes for those who win. So I do hope you'll come out Thanksgiving morning. It'll be bright and early. And I'm telling you, Austin, Texas is into this. I've done these about every year I've lived in Austin, and there will be thousands and thousands of people downtown, up in Cedar Park, and we're hoping for a good number here uh, at our church. Tonight, I'm real excited about hearing uh, our orchestra ministry as they lead us in a time of focusing on the grace of God. There will be some uh, participation from us as we sing praise to God and as we listen to them and hear scripture. So it's six o'clock, it's in the great hall. And so if you come back at six, I do hope that you will and be blessed. Well, today I get to share a message from 2 Corinthians and it's 2 Corinthians chapter nine. I'm excited about this message. It's one of my favorite texts in all the Bible because it talks about something that we can do, something very tangible and that we can do for our Lord as we worship Him. Of course, I'm talking about uh, this process of giving. In two weeks, we will have our annual harvest offering. We do this every year at Great Hills. It's always the Sunday uh, before Thanksgiving, uh, before people get out and about too much. We have this uh, special time of offering. And it's the only time of the year that we literally come forward as a congregation and bring a monetary gift to the Lord for our church and for the ministry uh, of Great Hills. And so we are way behind, way, way behind in our, in our giving to expenses for 2018. And if you want to know just how much behind, I'll be happy to, to share that with you. But we are behind and we need really an outpouring of the grace of God and the people of God to come uh, in two weeks. So that's November the 18th. Uh, November the, the, the 4th is today. Next week's the 11th. We'll talk a little bit about it next week. But then the 18th, we do hope that you'll come and be prepared to give. You know, we could do like the African-American churches do. And I don't know if you've ever done this before, but it is very powerful and it's motivating. Now what they do is, and I've done this, I've sat in a service before where whatever row you're sitting on, they come to you and they look at you and they're like, it's your time. And everybody on that pew stands up and goes together and gives. Well, on this particular day, I didn't, I hadn't really planned on giving, but man, when they came to my pew and everybody was looking at me, I'm getting up, you know, and I just got on up and we're not, we're not going to do that. We're not going to put any pressure on you like that. Uh, but if you really love God, you'll come and you'll give and, uh, <laughs> just kidding. 
Just kidding. It's, it's all good. Don't you love when preachers talk about money? Oh, my word. For some of you, I literally cannot talk about this enough. You tell me, please preach, preach more on money. And, and I get that. And others of you are like, please never talk about it because we never, we don't want to hear about it. But really there's a sweet balance because there's a lot to be said. In fact, Jesus said a whole lot more about money than he did heaven and hell. Jesus talked a lot about good stewardship and how we use the finances and monies that God entrusts uh, to us. And so the text today is Paul, he is appealing uh, to the church at Corinth. He is appealing to them based on the sacrificial giving of the churches of Macedonia, where the Bible says you read 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 in its context, it's a beautiful expose on sacrificial giving. They were taken up an offering for a special need at the mother church. And the mother church would be the church in Jerusalem. We don't know really what had happened, perhaps famine. Uh, we, we don't know what all the need, but it was a prodigious need such size that the apostle Paul is traveling and he's taking up this offering and he comes to Corinth. He says, now I want you to be ready because when I come, I want you to give this sacrificial gift. I will take it with me to the church at Jerusalem. Now, when he's talking about a sacrificial gift, he's talking about money, okay? He's talking about financial means whereby this church at Jerusalem could be blessed and they could be uh, benefited. And so I love this text. I'm going to read it to you. It's just a couple of passages of scripture and this shares some things with you based solely upon this text. Amen. I feel that way sometimes too, but amen. All right. So uh, here we go. Second Corinthians chapter nine. Let me read it to you. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart not grudgingly nor of necessity or compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able. I love this part. God is able. God's able to do anything, right? And he's able to make grace, all grace abound toward you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things, notice the word alls used multiple times, that you may have an abundance for every good work. And so the Apostle Paul, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he is appealing to this church, to the church at Corinth. He says, there's a special need and I believe God wants you and me to help meet the need of the church in Jerusalem. So why don't you get together pull your resources, come together, and let's take up this big offering and let's bless the church there uh, at Jerusalem. Uh, heard true story this past, well, it was just a couple of weeks ago as I was listening to a podcast uh, out of Biola University. It's the School of Theology, the Bible Institute of Los Angeles, and it's Sean McDowell. He is the son of Josh McDowell. And it's a great weekly podcast. And on this particular podcast, they had the chaplain of the Los Angeles Dodgers, a man by the name of Brandon Cash. He's the chaplain of the LA Dodgers. They've made it to the World Series two years in a row now, and they've had great teams. And, and this young man was on this podcast and he was talking about a man by the name of Tom Lehman. And Brandon Cash is friends with Tom Lehman. In fact, he was in Tom Lehman's home and he personally heard this testimony from Tom Lehman. Let me tell you a little bit about who he is. If you're a professional golfer, then you know the name Tom Lehman. He is a major champion. He had a fantastic career on the PGA Tour and now he's lighting it up on the Champions Tour. And Tom Lehman, you, you look at him, you think, man, 
that guy's a multi, multi-millionaire from playing golf. And uh, man, I guess his life has just been a bed of roses. But here's what really happened. Tom Lehman, early on, him and his wife, bless their hearts, they just could not make ends meet. They were basically bankrupt. And he was playing golf. He was practicing. He was entering all of these tournaments. He couldn't make a cut. When he did make the cut, he would be way at the bottom and receive. I'm talking, this is like in the 70s and the 80s when they didn't have just like tons of money for first place prize. Today, if you win a tournament on the PGA Tour, you're guaranteed basically a minimum of $1 million for first place. Well, back then in the early 80s, Tom Lehman, he said, honey, there's one more turn. He said, I'm, I'm gonna enter this tournament. And, and it was just kind of a crucial moment. I, I, and I don't know, I, I've got to at least make the cut and we have no money, pray for me. And they loved the Lord. Tom and his wife loved the Lord. And, and so he enters into the tournament and it just happens. Everything comes together. He hits great drives. He hits great iron shots. His short game's amazing. amazing. He makes all the putts and he wins the tournament. Now, back then, first place prize today is $1 million. Then it was $30,000. He had a caddy, and this caddy knew nothing about golf. Now, in professional golf, you have to have a caddy, and the caddy carries the bag. He helps you read the greens. He says, hey, you know, you may want, uh, you may want to take this iron, or you may he even can give help, you know, for your golf swing. But this caddy knew nothing about golf. He was a wrestler in the high school, and he was trying to get into college. And, uh, and, and, the, and the local club just put this guy with Tom Lehman. And, and so all he did for four days, he, just, he was just a mule. You know, he's just carrying, he was a beast of burden. He's just carrying the clubs. He couldn't read any greens. He couldn't offer any help. And Tom Lehman won the tournament. And it's typical, if you win, you give the caddy. Anybody want to guess the percentage? 10%. Does 10% sound familiar to anybody? 10% is a what? Is a tie. And so Tom Lehman, him and his wife, they were talking, they're like, he doesn't deserve a tithe. Oh, I mean, literally, honey, he just carried my, I could have carried the clubs. He didn't do hardly anything. But Tom Lehman said, I feel that God wants me to do this. Now that's interesting. He said, I feel like God wants me to give him this 10%, so he did. And Ralph, he did. 10%, $3,000, and that wrestler, he took that money, he about passed out. He's like, are you serious? You're giving me this? He says, yes, it's yours. Well, Tom Lehman had no idea that this young man was studying, he wanted to study to be a pastor, but he couldn't afford the tuition. And so $3,000 in the early 80s would actually get you down the road. I know it's hard for you college students to believe, but it literally could, could get you down the road in your tuition. Today, that caddy got his degree. He's a pastor of a local church today. 10%. You know, the tithe has fallen on hard times in the evangelical church in America. And as a pastor, ooh, listen, I've heard it all. I mean, people say, oh, that's an Old Testament concept and we're in the New Testament. I just like to tell people the Ten Commandments is an Old Testament concept too. And I'm glad we haven't jettisoned that and done away with that. A tenth, a tithe of our income 
to bring to the storehouse, to give to the Lord and for his ministry, for his work. He said, but Jesus never talked about tithe, but actually he did. When you read Matthew 23, 23, he is telling the scribes and the Pharisees, he says, you do tithe. And in fact, you tithe on everything, but you neglect the more weightier matters of the law, like justice and mercy. He says, you should do the former. You with me? He says, you should tithe. Well, that's not in my Bible. I don't know. That, that destroys my argument, Pastor, because I always told everybody, oh, tithing's an Old Testament thing and we don't have to do it. No, Jesus said in Matthew 23, 23, you should tithe, but more importantly, you should be people of mercy and compassion and, and keeping the law and love. So today we're, we're gonna talk about what it looks like to step out on faith, to give a tithe, to give above a tithe and to be people of generosity. And people really don't wanna argue with New Testament giving because New Testament giving assumes the basic minimum amount is a tithe. Because beyond that is just grace giving, saying, God, thank you, everything I have is a gift from you. So I'm so, I'm so blessed to be able to, to do this. Now, as I talk about this today, hang in there. Don't, don't tune me out too soon. Some of you are, are really struggling financially, and I know this. I mean, you tell me about it, and I pray with you, and I want to encourage you. And, uh, and I would just say to you, listen, I'm not here to beat you up. I'm not here to, I'm just here to preach God's word. And I know your struggle is real, and I feel it, and I want you to know I'm praying for you, and you know who you are, right? You do. Others of you are guests. You're a first-time guest. You've walked into Great Hills Baptist Church, and lo and behold, the one Sunday you choose to visit that church, that pastor gets up there and talks about money. Can, can you believe the audacity of that? Well, just hang in there. We don't expect you to give a dime. We really don't. Uh, this message is really for the membership of Great Hills Baptist Church or those who are seriously considering being members of our church because what I'm talking about today is, is a genuine need. We're not the church at Jerusalem, but we are the church at Great Hills. And we have found ourselves in a very difficult way in 2018. And I don't really feel the Lord's leading to elaborate on it a whole lot. It's just that we are in a very difficult way and there are lots of reasons and there's lots of excuses and there's lots of stuff I could say, but the reality of it is we're, we're in a, a very difficult way and we will be throughout 18, throughout 19 until 2020 comes and we pay off this debt. Debt is, debt is not good, church. Debt is never a, good, a, never a good thing when it's exorbitant and when it's out of your control to pay it, whether it's a family or whether it's a church or whether it's a business, when it exceeds your ability to pay, then debt really is a curse. It's not, it's not a blessing. So I'm gonna to talk to you about this text. And I wanna encourage you with it as I encourage myself and I encourage my family as number one, as we look at this text, first of all, let's decide what we're gonna give. Decide what we're gonna give on harvest day, November the 18th, as we come together and bring our tithes and our offerings to this storehouse, to this, to this local church. And Paul says it so beautifully, does he not? Did you see the text with me when he says, so let each one, let each one of us give as he purposes in his heart. And so that's the first point of my message. Let us determine in our hearts how we are going to give each one of us. Now, Ashley and I, we have a head start on y'all because she lives with me. 
And she lives with this. This is a burden that I bear at Great Hills. I knew it when I became the pastor eight years ago, and I knew this burden was gonna be with me until this debt was paid. And praise God, in two days, uh, it's gonna be paid in full, and I can't wait. But until then, times are hard. Times are hard for us financially, personally. Times are hard for many of you financially, and I get it. Times are very difficult for us as a church financially because a lot of our finances, well, let me just tell you this, $57,000 a month goes toward our debt here at Great Hills. And so we need about $70,000 every week to keep up with our, uh, with our expenses. And we've been getting about in the 40s, most every Sunday through 2018. I'm not that great at math, but you can do the math and you can figure up the deficit, the, the, the place that we find ourselves. So Ashley and I, we're, we're gonna give the largest gift we've, we've ever given to Great Hills on Harvest Day. It's gonna take about half of our savings, but that's okay. Because we love our church. Uh, we know the situation that we're in. And we've talked about it. We've had a head start on y'all. We've been praying about it. And we're gonna come, we're gonna give our tithe, but then we're gonna give that extra $25 that we've been thinking about and praying about. <laughs> You gotta lighten up, people. It's, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but we really are. We, you know, we we just we love our church. We love what God's doing in Great Hills. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm so honored. I I, I I've never pastored a church this long. I've always uh, been more of an evangelist and go and serve and leave. But I, uh, I I just love our church. And we do pray. Pray that God keeps us here until. He takes me home and, and, and we, want, we want God to do great things in our church and we don't want to be in the way. We don't want to be an impediment in any way. And we want to step out and we want to lead. So we have determined in our hearts what we're going to do. And so I can stand up here with authority and with integrity and say, we want you to do the same thing. Now, not empty your savings account, not to do it unless God tells you to. Whatever God tells you to do, that's between the Holy Spirit and you. When you come on November the 18th, you come and give your gift. Now, something we're working on, uh, Brother Terry and, and Layton and Nate and I, we're, we're trying to put it together that you can give, you can text your gift on November the 18th. Because some of you don't bring money. You say, well, I don't bring it because I don't have it. No, you don't have it on you. I have very little cash on me and the cash I do have, I always give it away. And I'm really, I, I see somebody with a need and I just give it, I just give it away. And so we're going to have a text to give. I hope we can pull this off in two weeks. If not, I hope we pull this off in two weeks. <laughs> you can text to give because a lot of millennials don't have a, they don't have a paycheck. I mean, they're not a paycheck, they don't have a checkbook. Some don't have a paycheck either, but many of them don't have a, they don't have a checkbook. And so we're going to help you with this option. But here's the thing, just determine beforehand stepping out on faith. God, here's what I want to do for my church. My church has stepped out on faith. Part of the deficit that we're experiencing is because of our church plant. I know that. I'm responsible for that. I, 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 I would say I take the blame for that, but I believe I did what God wanted me to do, and it's put us in a bind. And so help us determine in your hearts what you want to do. Second thing I want to share is this. Give cheerfully. It's right out of the text. You see it in verse 7? 2 Corinthians 9, 7, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, but give cheerfully. For God loves, the Greek word there is agape, and he loves a hilaros giver. That's interesting, isn't it? That the Greek word translated cheerful in our text 
is the word hilaros, where we get the English word hilarity or hilarious. Just the opposite of this bubbling, cheerful, generous spirit of here, Lord, let me just be a blessing to others. The opposite of that, Paul says, is if you give lupe, L-U-P-E is the Greek word, and that means to give sorrowfully or grudgingly or, oh, I don't want to do this. Why do I have to do it? And, and, and Paul's like, I'd rather you just not give at all if you're going to have that attitude. And then he says, and don't give under pressure or constraint. Enanke is the Greek word. Don't give under this sense of obligation or duty. And I like one writer, the way he puts it. He says, quote, if one first gives himself to the Savior, he will never have any difficulty with generous financial giving. He will recognize that all that he is and all that he has is a blessing of God's grace. And he will give generously, willingly, sacrificially. He can even give supernaturally out of love for the Savior. Came across grateful person who gave me this great little story about Everett G. Parker. Everett Parker, Wynn Pinkston back there, God bless you, I love you. I asked Wynn today, I said, Wynn, how old are you, 95? He said, no, young man, I'm 97, World War II veteran. I love you, Wynn. I thought, I thought of you when I saw this story. This is Everett uh, Parker, he was a, um, in, the, in, in the World War II, and his uh, daughter-in-law has come across some of his writings and some of his memorabilia, and they have found out that in 1943, when he was serving our country overseas in the army, he would not receive his paycheck. The paycheck that the government gave him, he gave it directly to his local church because he said, our church needs it. Our church is trying to build a building. I don't want our church to go in debt. So from overseas, he says, don't give me my check, just send it directly to my church. They found out about, more about his life and they found out that Everett, for almost all of his life, he lived in an 800 square foot home. Y'all know how big that is? Not very, <laughs> 800 square feet. He lived on, and he lived as a, um, as a carpenter. He had a, a meager salary. And so let me just read what his, uh, what his daughter-in-law said. My father-in-law's 800 square foot home was located in a modest middle-class neighborhood. As the years passed, his neighborhood declined. Our family spent countless hours urging him, please move. He responded, this house is fine. It is paid for. It is paid for. As I read through and I studied more about his generosity, I felt overwhelming shame that I had challenged him to leave a lifestyle that allowed him to do so much for the kingdom of God. I heard one preacher put it this way. He said, you don't have to be wealthy to be generous. You just have to be generous to be generous. And that's for all of us. We determine, okay, Lord, here's my tithes, but what can I do above and beyond my tithe? And I wanna give it November 18. I wanna determine in my heart, I wanna communicate with you. I wanna talk with my family and we're gonna make this an act of worship, God. And we wanna do it not, not of compulsion, 
Not because, oh, grudgingly, begrudgingly, and oh my word, this is just, this just pains me to no end that I have to come up here and give my money. No, 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 please don't. Please don't do that because you'll curse the rest of us. We, we don't want you doing that. We, if you're gonna come, and we may have a couple people here, amen, on November the 18th. But you, the, the couple of you that come, I know I've got some family members, they'll be here, amen. And we'll come and we'll put these offerings here on the altar uh, for the Lord's work and for our expenses to catch up, which 2018 was horrendous year of giving for Great Hills. I don't know why completely. I, I just know it was, it was the worst. And um, you, you don't want your accountant coming up to you and saying, Pastor, I can't sleep at night. I'm like, Nate, don't tell me that because I can't sleep either. And Terry hurt. We all don't just get together, Terry. You and Nate and I at three o'clock in the morning, we all just get together. We're up anyhow because we carry this. We carry this burden, but we're letting you carry some of it with us uh, today. The last thing I want to say to you about this, about this text, and it's the best part that I could share, and it's prepare to be blessed. You know, Paul talks about this. He says, God is able. Do y'all know what the Greek word there is translated able? You say, no, I don't, brother, but I got a feeling you're about to tell me and you're right. It's the word dunamis. How about that? How about that? It's where we get the English word what? Dynamite, dynamo, dynamistic. God is able. Let's read it. It's just right there in the text. We read it a moment ago, but he says, God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always have in all sufficiency. I love this word all. In all things that you may have an abundance for every good, good work. And so Paul says, church at Corinth, as you come and as you give, I just want you to know that God is going to, God is going to bless you. You say, well, be careful, brother Danny, don't. Don't get in the health and the wealth and the prosperity. No, no, I'm just getting in the Bible, okay? I'm just getting in the Bible. Because we've seen people abuse that and we've, we've swung to the opposite end of the spectrum and we're missing out on a tremendous blessing that if we give with a grateful heart, with a generous spirit, God blesses us. He said, where in the world did you get that? In the Bible. And let me give you a couple examples. Proverbs. It's one of my favorite Proverbs. In 1125, it says, the generous soul will be made rich and he who waters will also be watered himself. Who wrote that? Where in the world did that come from? That come from God through Solomon. Let me give you another one. Jesus said, Luke 6, 38, I told you, he talked a lot about money. Because Jesus said, where your money is, that's where your heart is. When I look at your paycheck or your debit account or your American Express or your visa and whatever goes, wherever that goes to, that's what you really cherish. That's what you worship. That's what's so important to you. And Jesus said this, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. Now this next part, I didn't make it up. Didn't make any of it up. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. He loves it when we're generous. Uh, I was reading just the other day in Proverbs, when it's within your hand to do good and your neighbor needs it, then, then give, it, give it away. Somebody else said, Pastor, I never regret giving something away that God wanted me to give. 
And Corey Ten Boom says, I don't hold anything real tightly because if I hold it real tightly, it's real painful when God begins to pry, <laughs> pry, pry my fingers. So I just hold everything loosely because none of it's ours, is it? I mean, it's God's, it's God's given it to us and we wanna be a channel, we wanna be a blessing through whom God touches and bless. And really that's, that's my life. My, this ministry that I have that, where I do some traveling and speaking and writing and, and, and it's called the Danny Forshe Evangelistic Association. One, one of the main things we do with those monies is we bless other people. We bless missionaries, we bless uh, individuals from Great Hills who've gone out. We, we love that, Ashley and I absolutely love to do that. And here's what we find, as we bless people and as we encourage people, what do you think happens to us? God takes care of us and God will do the same for you because he says in his word, he will make all grace abound toward you. Jesus said, give and to the measure that you give, it will be given back un, unto you. So I always get a little nervous when I preach on money. I know I don't preach on it a whole lot. And I know some of you are like, you don't preach on it enough, pastor, preach, preach, preach. Especially during these hard times, we need you to get up there and preach every Sunday on it. Well, I can't do that, but at least I can do this and I can put out the challenge and I can encourage us um, to come in a couple of weeks and do whatever it is that God tells us to do. And then at the end of the year, we'll add it up and we'll see where we are. And, uh, and if it's on the trajectory that we're on right now, it's just gonna take miracles of God. Miracles and miracles of God to, to pull us up and to pull us out. So that's the need. That's where we are. And uh, so now the rest of you can't sleep at night. No, I'm just kidding. You can sleep. You can be, you can be at peace because God gives his people peace. And he gives us sweet uh, sleep. I always like to share with people when I preach on money, God, he surely wants you before he wants what you possess. And God really doesn't need anything. He owns everything. Because giving really is, it's a sermon on discipleship. Uh, because I'm, I wanted to disciple you, to teach you of the deep things of God when it comes to, to giving. It's really not that deep. It's just really simple. Determine what you're going to do. Be generous. Don't have a bad attitude about it. And then just get ready for God will bless you. He loves a, a cheerful giver. But before all of that, God really wants you. He wants your heart. He wants your passion. He wants your devotion. And maybe you're here today and you would say, I'm so, oh, frugal. I'm not really frugal. I'm so stingy. I don't, I don't want to give anything up. I, I just, that's just the way I am, pastor. I just, I just can't help that. I don't like to bless people. I don't like to give. And, and I'm just not like, I just want to know, do you really know God? No, no, really. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Because if you do, he changes your heart. He changes your attitude about giving. He, he, he says to you, listen, I've given you everything you got. And so why don't you go and bless others with the life that I blessed you with? Maybe you're here today and you'd say, I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to give over the control of my life to Jesus Christ because he is, I recognize he's given me everything that I possess, the hands that I use to work, the brain that I use to do my work, everything, the car that I get in, the house that I live in. I mean, everything I have is a gift from God. And so I just give him my, my life, my allegiance. That would be awesome. In fact, that'd be a great first step. Just take that first step toward, toward the Lord. Others of you today is pretty cool because you're taking a step in deeper discipleship. And I love that and I appreciate that. And I see you, some of you don't, don't tithe. I know a lot of people don't. 
And maybe you're telling your wife, or you're telling your husband, you're having this conversation. I know we don't give a tenth. Maybe we can start giving a, a, an nth. We can just start giving 1%. So yeah, what do you think about that, pastor? I'll take 1% over no percent, you know? And so if you do that, just take that next step and just say, well, well, we'll start giving a tenth of our income. And the last thing I wanna say is this. A lot of you do give. And you give and it's amazing. And I just want you to know how much I appreciate it. I know very little about the finances as far as who gives what. I know very little about that unless you come and physically give it to me and some of you do. And after I keep 50%, I give off the rest. <laughs> I give the rest over to the church, you know. It works really good for me and Zacchaeus. Wee little man. Y'all know I'm kidding. You know I'm kidding. But you do. And I, I just want you to know, and I, I know I speak on behalf of our staff, that we, we greatly appreciate your giving. Because you give, we're able to minister, we're able to serve, we're able to provide for our families, and, and we thank you from the depths of our hearts. So I leave this challenge with you. Let's see what God does. Just pray about it. God put something on your heart. Just be obedient. I promise you. You'll never regret giving something away that God put on your heart to give in the first place. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I wanna pray for you. And I wanna pray for our invitation. Some of you here today, I'm really praying for you that you take a step toward God. That first step would be a step of surrender, your life, your loyalties, your checkbook, your finances. God, just say, God, here it is. I'm, I'm yours and I'm, I give you my life. And some of you want to indicate that through baptism. You want to say, I'm, I'm surrendering my life to Jesus Christ and I want to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Others of you, like the folks we had this morning in our Discover Great Hills class, so sweet, so good to see these folks come, that God has put Great Hills on their heart and they want to learn more and perhaps become a member of our church. And maybe that's your next step. But whatever it is, I, I'm just praying for you that you'd be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because God, he loves us. He is not against us. God is for us. God loves you. He loves our church and he wants our church to be, I mean, a for the one missionary, evangelistic, zealous body of Christ. And I'm thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to be able to shepherd and pastor a church such as that. And while I'm praying for you, can I just thank God for you also for the way you continue to share your faith. I'm so encouraged. I continue to hear for the one stories among our staff, among our college students, among people uh, today. I just, I just got a, another text from somebody just this morning saying how God is blessing her and giving her these opportunities. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you for Great Hills Baptist Church. Being the church that we are, a missionary church, a church that loves you, loves your word, loves families, loves to pray, loves to go, loves to give. And I pray, God, that your favor and your kindness would continue to be upon us. Before I close this prayer, I, I do want to say this to you with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. A week from tomorrow, which would be November the 12th, we're going to have a season of, of prayer and fasting for Great Hills Baptist Church. We're going to call it a day of prayer and fasting for our church. Now, those of you that were with us uh, last August, we did this as a church. We did 40 days, and it was a wonderful time. 
But on November the 12th, we're going to come together at noon here in the sanctuary. And those of you that can make it come, we're going to praise the Lord. We're going to pray and we're going to, we're going to really pray for our harvest offering. We're going to pray for our end of the year giving. And we're going to ask God to do miraculous things in our midst. So would you join me with that? I would love for you to come. November the 12th, right here in the sanctuary at noon. So Father, again, thank you for our time together. Thank you for your word. It's precious. It feeds our souls. It challenges us. And now, Lord, we just want to step out in faith and say, here we are, God. Use us for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? God bless you. Thank you. Stand. We'll have our time of invitation and singing. We have people here at the front. We'll pray for you. We'll encourage you. God bless you as you come.